Namaste, everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host, Kushal Nehra. My guest today is Gautam Chikarmane. Gautam is a vice president at ORF. His area of research is international Indian economic policy. He's a Jefferson Fellow at the East West Center, Honolulu. Gautam is an author of five books, India 2030, 70 Policies That Shaped India, Tunnel of Varanavat, The Disruptor, Arvind Kejriwal, and The Audacious Rise of the Ahmadmi Party, Five Decades of Decay. Gautam's expertise lies in foreign policy, economics, and politics. And he's also currently the Associate Senior Research Fellow, India Dusk ISPI. So Gautam, thanks for coming on the podcast. Namaste. Dhanyavad. Thank you for calling me. Delighted to be here. First of all, I'm delighted that Gautam is here for the record. Uh, Gautam ko lana bahut mushkil tha. So this is a minor achievement for uh, for the Charvak podcast because the Charvak podcast has my, uh, finally achieved to get Gautam on the podcast. So today's discussion is going to be the, the recent declaration where you know, India just, uh, I don't know how to put it, India declared some open tenders and the people who were allowed and some people were excluded in the 5G technology, uh, 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 you know, infrastructure build-up claims. And interestingly, China was excluded from that. Now, just to give you guys a little bit of a background, Gautam, I've been reading Gotham's work on 5G and why India should exclude China from our 5G network for a while. So this is not just now. I've been reading Gotham's views on this for maybe, I think, a good year and a half where, in fact, you know, Gotham and I have had many off offline conversations about it. So, so Gotham, let us start from here. So can you, you know, give us a brief explanation of what exactly has happened as in what has been the exclude? What does the exclusion of Huawei uh, from the 5G trials mean and why has it been done? Yeah, so um, for a long time, uh, 5G has been around and uh, India is a huge market and several companies have been wanting to get into this uh, sector. India itself uh, perhaps needs to expand its footprint from 4G to 5G. Uh, now, for a long time, the debate was whether India is ready for 5G should we call in 5G because 4G has happened only recently? Mm -hmm. Second, what are the advantages of 5G around this time? And uh, maybe towards 2017 onwards, 18, 2018, the misbehavior of China began. So today there are very few equipment. So 5G runs, uh, let me just hold that back. 5G runs on equipment. And that's a very sophisticated, very complex equipment. And there are very few equipment manufacturers of 5G. Okay. The leader is Huawei. Right. It has the maximum patents. It is there in the most number of countries. It is technologically superior. Or let us say it is at the cutting edge. Maybe others are as good or as bad. But Huawei is not something that is a laggard. And it is the cheapest. The cheap factor is a separate issue in the sense it is about... 30% cheaper, but over a period of 10 years, uh, when you amortize the expense, when companies amortize the expense, it doesn't work out too much. So that cheapness is only at the point of entry. Got it. The other manufacturers are Nokia, um, Samsung, um, and, and so on. So 
the, the, the discussion was that on the one hand, if China as a nation, as a country, as a, actually not even as a nation, China as a, as a party, uh, uh, communist, Chinese Communist Party, is, uh, which, which has actually captured the country, uh, is behaving in a manner that is against India in every forum, everywhere, can we allow uh, trade to go on business as usual? Mm-hmm. When Galwan happened, uh, you, you noticed how even traders uh, began to stop getting Chinese goods. Consumers began to stop using Chinese goods. Of course, that has now changed again. But the, there was an anti uh, feeling of anti-China. Now, 5G is not a teddy bear. Or mm-hmm. let me put it, it's not a stuffed panda. All right. 5G is a complex equipment. Uh, uh, and 5G is what is known as telecom which is a critical infrastructure. What is critical infrastructure? Yeah. Critical infrastructure is one where if you if it gets destroyed, it affects the country. Uh, it could affect the country's security. It could affect the country's economy. It could affect the country's safety, the citizen's safety, and so on. So telecommunications is a critical infrastructure, just like roads, sports, and so on. Mm-hmm. So should India given Chinese misbehavior, consistently misbehaving, allow a nation that we cannot call an enemy because we don't like the word, but a nation that is behaving no less than an enemy into our borders and allow it to access information, access our data, influence the conversations, uh, and at a pinch, just hold back uh, and distort uh, the, the the expressions that 5G can give, for instance, smart cars or uh, uh, self-driven cars, smart homes, agriculture, and so on. So uh, mm-hmm. this becomes a very sensitive, critical, and suppose tomorrow there is a problem on the border, as there is today, mm-hmm. can China then squeeze India uh, and get benefits? So that that is the question. I have been writing against the entry of Chinese companies in uh, India's uh, 5G for some time. I'm glad that in the tests that were announced on 4th May, uh, tests for 5G, uh, the government has excluded Chinese companies. It has not banned China, like let us say Australia has done or Mm -hmm. uh, United States has done. Uh, It has just excluded them from being able, being equipment providers to India's telecoms. So, Gautam, I want to uh, dig a little bit deeper on uh, on what you taught, spoke about. Uh, so, let us classify that as the nature of the technology. Let's say the nature of 5G per, uh, per se. So, you said this is critical infrastructure and how the Chinese threat could perceive. So, you gave uh, very interesting examples, let's say, of self-driving cars and stuff like that. So, what we are basically talking about is the nature of the technology, if I'm able to get this correctly, itself is that if you have a Chinese uh, interference in our infrastructure, So tomorrow, if India and China have some sort of a conflict where China is on the other side and we are on the other side, it could actually bring down uh, our functioning of uh, our society or our life as in in general in a catastrophic way. Am I getting that right? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So 5G allows an always on government and always on corporation. It, It allows for completely networked societies. Uh, so, uh, if that part is taken out, you can imagine the kind of havoc that it can create. Yes, that that is exactly what I mean. 
Yeah, so Gautam, if I was to play the devil's advocate here, uh, although uh, my personal views are very much in sync with yours, but it's still, you know, when we are doing a discussion, we have to try to bring the other side of the argument as much as we can. So if I was to give, let's say, you know, somebody from the Chinese side of the things will be like, oh, we are not a threat. You know, we come in peace in courts. Uh, <laughs> we, we are not uh, we are not going to do that. Or the other argument will be a pure market economics argument that today China has the best uh, 5G technology in terms of uh, uh, the, the quality of the tech and in the pricing of the tech. So if India was to exclude these uh, these vendors like Huawei uh, from our trial runs and basically not even allow them at the bottommost level of so not even at any stage is any uh, technology from 5G going to be allowed. So what would uh, what impact would ha that have on the overall quality of our 5G network uh, in terms of just the deliveries and also the cost of the network? So the classical free market argument would be that we should go with the best technology and the cheapest technology. So wh what would be the possible answers in that kind of a scenario? Uh, under normal circumstances, I would uh, support everything that every word that you have said. Uh, I, I would support it. I agree with it. Uh, in fact, in my previous writings uh, for several years, I have uh, I have uh, forcefully uh, echoed this idea. I believe in free markets, uh, free and regulated markets. Free doesn't mean free uh, laissez-faire, but free but regulated. So within the confines of law, within the confines of a regulatory structure markets can function and so on. So I, I'm a firm believer in that and that's good. And so, so your point is uh, in that direction. But my fear or, or let me uh, differentiate is that you are looking at 5G like a, a stuffed panda. And that's not the case. 5G is critical infrastructure. Now, the question that you uh, and the reason why China should not be there, I explained to you earlier. But the question that you did not ask and which is the core question that the Chinese would ask is, are you comfortable with Sweden looking at your data? Are you comfortable with uh, Finland examining your data, South Korea looking at your data, America? Are you comfortable with that? Uh, the answer is yes. And the reason for that answer is that tomorrow, if there is, firstly, we don't have a problem with any of these countries. Sure. And it is unlikely that we will. In fact, if they all want to trade with India, they all want to invest in India, they want to uh, buy from India, they, 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 uh, in, in, they want to use services of India. So uh, there, there is a generally uh, the, the economy uh, an overpowering, plus there are liberal values that bind us together as democracies. The difference is, let us say, Sweden begins to misbehave with that data. The the, the unity of values through democracy protects us. Mm -hmm. what are, what, and the one thing that protects us or any other country and vice versa is an independent judiciary. Suppose there is a problem. There, there are several avenues in order that can fix them. You have civil society. You have a free press. You have an independent judiciary. Above all, you have values that work together, market values that, that function within markets. Unlike China, for which everything is a geopolitical uh, superiority, pomposity, uh, everything is strategic, hegemonic. They, want, they don't want to 
uh, engage in markets. They want to control markets. They want to convert everything into a communist network, uh, an authoritarian state. They are, in fact, using the, the weaknesses of democracies, which are not really weaknesses, but uh, the, the chinks in, India, in, in India's democracy, in, in the global democracies, not just India, by the way, in global democracies to puncture holes and push their agenda, their authoritarian agenda over there. Their own markets are closed, by the way. And they keep <laughs> that your market should open. So it is not a country that, that functions within the confines of what is known as the rule of law. It functions on the rule of whims, the whim of one man, Xi Jinping, who has accelerated this anti-India stance over the last few years, irreversibly, in my opinion, although uh, given that these days China is getting more and more isolated, I, my sense is logic says, but you, this is a democratic logic. He is not answerable to anybody. So a democracy would be answerable and he would withdraw. But since he's an, it's an authoritarian state, uh, I don't think he's going to withdraw. So logic says that if one country after another, Australia has said no, United States has said no, India has said no, in, in Europe, uh, Sweden has said no. Um, Italy has said no. Germany is on the edge. So is France. But one country after another is saying, no, we do not uh, want Huawei. We don't want China. So there is a pressure on China. The, this pressure in a democracy would function that you would make, take corrective action. The democracy would evict that leader. An authoritarian state cannot. And hence... A company offering critical infrastructure to India from a country that is openly hostile to it is a no. So even if you say that the Huawei products are 10 times better than the next best, mm -hmm. my personal choice would be that we go for the next best. We don't need an, a highly efficient but a stealth uh, snooper, snooping agency uh, we need a more steady, more secure infrastructure that China cannot offer. So, so another thing now. Now I'm going to bring in another argument that has been given by the Chinese side, Gautam, and <laughs> uh, it's very interesting. So there are a few Chinese handles that I follow on Twitter. You know, these are Chinese handles that are not from mainland China, but sometimes they they seem like I'm not going to tell the handles, but they seem like these are handles that have some kind of a relationship with the Chinese government uh, or or you know the Chinese Communist Party, something. So they will always give these arguments. So these are the standard arguments they give. Is like you know, like you said with Sweden, oh, so you don't like. You, know, you don't mind the Swedish people snooping on you. Oh, but we are never the kind of people, you know, who would want to, uh, you know, do anything ill to you. So I'll tell you. So a lot of these people nowadays are, look how they are attacking your prime minister and your government. Look how they do this. I think you Indians are overreacting. We, we, you know, we really don't intend to do anything else. We are actually the real capitalists. We just want to trade with you. We have no interest in anything else. So what do you do to those kinds of allegations where the, the in fact, the counter allegation is in India, it is, uh, which is the state that is overreacting. In fact, I remember in the case of Australia too, when Australia took a hard stance when it came to 5G, they banned them. You know, they started retaliating with the Aussies. I remember they kind of banned a lot of imports of Aussie products into China and stuff like that. So what would you think that 
you know, if the Chinese think India is overreacting, so what do you think China is going to do to India as a retaliation of, you know, not allowing Huawei in the trials? Whatever China can do has done already at Galwan. So uh, the only thing that is missing so far is if they push forward, there will be war. That's it. So beyond that, there is nothing more China can push. China is out. It has made its intentions clear. Earlier, they were soft aggressions. In, in, for instance, supporting terrorists from Pakistan, uh, putting India down in the Security Council, uh, ensuring that India is humiliated at every forum. So th th they have done all that. India has walked around with it. That's okay. This is part of global negotiations. You do, you give some, you take some, and move on. But by Galwan, they have made their intentions clear that there is they they are not looking to be friends with India at all. Why should uh, I mean they, they don't they, we are five times bigger than India we are technologically superior our defense is stronger our economy is stronger what can India do it's time to show India its place we are a regional hegemon attempting to be a global hegemon and India is getting in our way we will fix it are you going to invite that enemy into your house the other thing that you mentioned was uh, what other countries are doing in China is not interested I just want to read. Four, uh, four articles from their national intelligence lawyer. I wrote this in my uh, paper, which I wrote uh, two years ago. Sure. I'm just going to uh, read out four articles from their law. It's sure, called National Intelligence Law 2017. Articles, there are four articles, Article 7, 9, uh, 12, and 14. Article 7, all organizations and citizens shall support, assist, and cooperate with national intelligence efforts in accordance with law and shall provide and shall protect national intelligence work secrets they are aware of. Nice. Article 9. The state gives commendations and awards to individuals and organizations that make major contributions to national intelligence efforts. Interesting. Article 12. In accordance with relevant state provisions, national intelligence work institutions may establish cooperative relationships with relevant individuals and organizations and retain them to carry out related work. Article 14, national intelligence work institutions carrying out intelligence efforts may request that relevant organs, organizations, and citizens provide necessary support, assistance, and cooperation. <laughs> In English, it means that every organization, every entity, every individual is beholden by Chinese law to be a spy. That is what it means. Are you going to engage with such a country? Should we engage with such a country? And I'm saying, you know, um, stuffed panda is okay. Although I'm not sure what chips they will stuff into that, that stuffed panda also, we don't know. But stuffed panda is okay. Uh, are you going to give them critical infrastructure? Are you going to give them access to your ports? Are you going to give them access to your airports? Are you going to give them access to your banking? My answer is no. It's a no-brainer. And I'm glad that this government has taken that step to keep them out of India's 5G without using the word ban. They have just excluded. They have mentioned that these are the four uh, companies that will do it. And Huawei and ZTE, which is the other uh, known as the poor cousin of Huawei, will not be part of India's 5G trials.
Oh, so I, uh, this this question is not necessarily to uh, to do with China per se, but I actually had just one query, Gautam. So wh what do you think is the importance of a 5G network for a country like India? Uh, let us forget China for now, just from an economic and a technological point of view. So what kind of benefits are we looking at just from a 5G perspective? Um, there are many advantages uh, that, that 5G gives in terms of speed of whatever else that you are doing. But 5G also enables other uh, new areas. For instance, when I mentioned a self-driven car or an autonomous car. What are what are we looking at? We are looking at a, a, a car, a, a product which is now uh, because of 5G linked to a cloud up in the air, mm -hmm. and the cloud is telling the car that uh, this is the road. You turn left, you turn right. It will turn on its own. They will see that there is a cycle on the way. There is an auto rickshaw coming from the other side. You wait. There is a pedestrian crossing. There is a red light, and so on, so on. and allow it to move so this is one complexity so there is you can can you imagine the data inside in, in just this transaction yeah. now there are a million cars running each of those cars is linked to that same cloud it's talking to that same cloud and with each other can you see the complexity there so these are the thing uh, a dist uh, uh, somebody in uh, in a village needs surgery let's say a simple surgery cataract and the doctor is in Delhi. Using 5G, he can do that surgery sitting in Delhi and bring healthcare access to rural areas or areas where access is not there. So, of course, you will need a you will need the, the premises, etc. But the doctor, the, the 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 critical link out there of who will conduct that cataract surgery or any other surgery is sitting in Delhi or in Mumbai. There's a problem in India that most the doctors don't go to rural areas. Well, here's your solution. Uh, having said that, I also believe, and this is more of, uh, I, I, I believe that perhaps India is not ready for 5G. It I think our road, road, road infrastructure needs a lot of improvement. You go outside Delhi, go cross 100 kilometers, and I'm not talking about national highways, which are world class. I'm talking about the inside roads. And I, I think there's a lot to just to talk about roads, for instance. And there's a lot that needs to be done uh, on that front before we are ready to do 5G. Which are the countries that have gone 5G? China, Australia, South Korea, US. What are their GDPs? What is the level of development? You know, where, where, are, where do they stand? So I think there is a... Uh, I haven't analyzed this in great depth, but I'm quite certain that the sophistication uh, of uh, offering the kinds of services, products, etc., that a 5G gives, perhaps we have, we need a little time, maybe a decade. And by which time, I think this 5G race would be behind us. In 2028, Samsung is saying that we will run commercial uh, commercial 60. There could be a 7G. There could be a, a disruption in the in in the G's itself. You could go in some other direction. India moved from landlines to from a shortage of landlines to a surplus of uh, cellular phones in, in hardly any time. It hardly mm. took a second. So 
even if we miss this 5G uh, i think it's we won't lose very much uh, in fact i sometimes i feel i don't know whether we are even using our 4g belt but uh, <laughs> just, just just to stick to the 5g argument i think uh, it, it is transformative technology it will create new businesses particularly in services uh, and i'm not even talking about <coughs> excuse me things like downloading a movie uh, in, in 10 seconds and so on i'm not even talking about those things i'm talking about education healthcare I'm talking about governance I'm talking about property records I'm talking about uh, agriculture uh, terrain uh, meteorological systems uh, and so on so 5g does give you all those benefits and perhaps in the initial areas uh, initial uh, launches perhaps that is where it will be used of course other than those uh, 10 second movie downloads yeah so so gotham now let's go go into the you know the crux of the issue so what is the way forward so as far as i see all right you know we have stopped china as of now without using the word ban so you know <laughs> we basically uh, disallowed them from within our network so it they're going to react they're going to try and do something they're going to maybe create disruptions of different kinds maybe those disruption might be social maybe those disruptions might be you know harming our foreign policy interests in other parts of the world they're going to react so so what do you think in your view is going to be the way forward from where we are here what is china doing that is already not antagonistic to india so i don't know you see that that's what i'm saying that they can do this they can do that but the worst that they can do they have already done galwan and the next step is war so now we are already at the edge Uh, they they have already pushed india to the edge and all those illusions of china being a nation whose rise will be peaceful which will look at the world in a different way than america has for instance uh, are are now are not we know that they were a mirage that they were a cover and china was just biding its time and with uh, <clears throat> with australia you mentioned those uh, uh, trade restrictions Uh, what they did was they banned their i'll just give you one example they, they, uh, australia banned huawei and in fact not only huawei it has banned china from all its uh, critical infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, and china banned their wines china was the yeah. biggest importer of their wines well yeah. california is drinking those wines new zealand is drinking those wines now other countries are drinking those wines so i yeah. i think there is a, there is a coming together there is an understanding that china is a rogue nation and uh, a, a, a single country may or may not be able to work uh, with it so uh, you you need to work collectively so recently there was a a, a us and japan technological col- collaboration last to last week uh, i i i have written about it that and, and i think that's the way forward that uh, they need they need to add quad into it they need to add australia and india into that uh, that agreement and not only that they have to add south korea because on in 5g the cutting edge uh, samsung is on the cutting edge so i think new new developments will happen quad is one indian ocean region another so many of these things are happening <clears throat> if china has already shown its colors the, the the question then becomes it may stop trade okay we have 8% of the, the trade with china let us let us say trade goes to zero and we won't get cheap 
Diwali crackers. We'll get slightly expensive. I think Indians can buy them at a consumer level. At a critical infrastructure level, there was a uh, uh, there was that Bombay where the power had gone off. Uh, remember, mm -hmm. and, the, and uh, recently last month, I believe. And uh, again, fingers were being pointed, although nothing has been proven. But I don't sort of I, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I don't disagree with it that China did it to teach India a lesson. These are the kind of lessons that India will need to learn if it allows China into its critical infrastructure. Mm -hmm. In fact, when you step back, the government, in my opinion, is doing very well. Uh, it's not a whimsical uh, solution. There is a systematic policy. It's called, I call it the no China policy. The government will not call it that <laughs> because Absolutely. we are a democracy. You, you cannot single out a country. Uh, but uh, the, 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 the exclusion of Huawei from India is series three series one was when uh, in june 2020 india banned 59 chinese apps yes in the next month it banned 47 chinese apps in september it, it banned 118 chinese apps in november it banned another 43 chinese apps. so that was series one that that was in the middle of galwan also in the middle of galwan was series two when in june 2020 uh, chinese companies uh, were banned from road projects and now we have this, uh, the exclusion of Huawei and ZTE uh, from India's uh, telecom. So there is a direction that the government is moving. People may or may not want to put these things together or see it as a trend, but that's what it is. So your question to going forward is, there is going to be a series four, series five, six, seven, eight. It will all be around keeping China out of India's critical infrastructure. And these, I, I would like to divide them into um, four parts. First, around physical infrastructure. <clears throat> that is, no China in India's ports, airports, energy, railways, defense. Mm -hmm. Second, virtual infrastructure. Information technology, internet, broadband, robotics, artificial intelligence, drones. Again, they're leaders in drones. They're leaders in AI. They're, they have cutting-edge patents there. But we don't need that. Third, around systemic infrastructure, banking, finance. Imagine a Chinese-run bank in India and they do another Galwan. What's going to happen? And finally, the fourth area, where which you can call others or miscellaneous like space, nuclear. And I think after this Made in China virus, the Wuhan virus, I would like to include public health into uh, as part of India's critical infrastructure where China should not be allowed at any cost. And uh, it's not just me. I, I think I echo a lot of people and I think this is the way forward. This is going to happen. Uh, one sector after another, China will be out of it. Yeah, actually, I, I just want to take it forward from here. As you mentioned, the Wuhan virus. In fact, uh, uh, in a way, uh, kind of cornering China at this time of... Uh, you know, at this stage, uh, I should use the words, um, would be far easier because of what has happened, you know, because of COVID and China's lackadaisical attitude, not sharing information with the rest of the world, 
not letting any transparency in now you know everybody seemed to be shamed at a point of time that you know the virus could be a lab leak now you know at a point of time everybody who suggested the virus was a lab leak was either banned from twitter or banned from youtube and now you have the new york times carrying editorials after editorials saying oh no no it is a you know you know it is a lab leak and it is a very viable hypothesis so do you think can i just can way, i just interrupt you can i just interrupt you before sure, you come sure. to your question yeah everything that you have said everything yeah. is part of that authoritarian structure where nobody has the courage nobody has the right entitlement to ask questions there is no free press there is no independent judiciary there is no opposition party there are no free citizens and so an authoritarian despot can do everything that you have said and more and worse and get away with it can you imagine such a thing happening in united states no in germany in uk in india yeah such things cannot happen you can't even breathe without getting attacked uh, <laughs> if you look at the uh, the recent uh, chaos around covid management of india whatever the government does whichever government state government uh, uh, union government uh, there are more attacks than uh, than responses and at the end sometimes some response happens and you get some solution right wrong maybe not efficient but that's how democracies function and we have to learn to live with it perhaps we can get a better model tomorrow china is not that model yeah no, sorry I, I, i actually no 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 this is a very important point that you made in fact the biggest difference between india and china in this entire process is china messed the whole world up india indian politicians whether state or center i mean i have been very critical of the center and the states both in this entire covid fiasco and the point is yes we are allowed to criticize them in india we criticize them daily whether it's the prime minister narendra modi or in my case the the chief minister of maharashtra uddhav thakre we are allowed to criticize them that's a very important point in fact so my question was that in such a scenario where whether we you know whether china wants to admit to it or not china is cornered in the mind of the average citizen around the world people are pissed off at them whether look nobody likes a lockdown nobody likes to lose a livelihood nobody wants that and every time it happens in somebody's country the mind goes to yaar china ne phasa diya ye logon ne virus bhej diya aur hum sab ki zindagi kharab ho gayi aur wo log to udhar party kar rahe hain baith ke so the point is do you think in a way it will be much easier for all these countries to convince their citizenry to take actions against china without any backlash even though china has many i don't want to use names elites and intellectuals on their paychecks um i think elites and uh, whatever paycheck business can be the, the texture of currency it's very fungible so from china it can move to america anyway if you if you are willing to sell your uh, pen uh, then the highest bidder you, you don't need an ideological uh, uh, magnet or an ideological Uh, wish if your pen is for sale it's for sale end of matter i think the bigger danger and not from india so much because we are not so well integrated but definitely from europe and definitely from america is the corporates the large corp companies of these two countries the automate uh, the automotive automotive makers of germany for instance but their biggest market is germany the robotics manufacturers of germany the biggest market is china um, the banking the, the finance people from america the, the biggest market is china the biggest ipos are in china um, several other uh, 
retail stores they are all in china the growth market is china so my sense is that the pressure to the pressure on governments will not come from democracy but it, it will come from capitals and here is where you will see another clash uh, going forward this conflict between democracy and capitalism has played out in several ways across time i can give you several instances of it but with china again you're going to see uh, for instance let's just take huawei um, will the telecom companies of europe compromise on their profits and bonuses and allow the data of their subscribers and their and the citizens be held ransom with china is a question that they need to ask and which they are not asking they have got stuck up in you know, fake issues uh, false liberal issues such as you know we cannot stop country you, you cannot stop they can give us guarantees this that what guarantee will china give who's who will make good that guarantee and once you are invested in that uh, technology it's very difficult to get out uh, uh, because the, the the four or five technologies do not talk to each other uh and so i think the danger to um, citizens will not come uh, because somebody wants to buy a cheap firecracker it will be because somebody wants to sell an expensive car yeah i actually can't agree more with you because i remember so it's very interesting douglas murray you know he's a known political and social commentator in uk and i i'm paraphrasing what he said but it was pretty much just like the enemy is on the border and we are busy fighting over which gender pronoun should we use <laughs> that pretty much summed up the entire fact, debate in the west in fact in fact uh, kushal across history the biggest battles are fought within they are not fought with the enemy you look at corporations egos are driving it not the market you want to fight with a bigger your rival but you have to finish the infighting behind you first and i think that's what's happening with democracies that's the uh, downside of freedom or that's the texture of freedom i don't know but with china there is unity of thought one guy decides we are going to do this the media the civil society i don't know what civil society the judiciary the executive the army the the whole world just moves in that direction look at global times a pathetic rag it's a propaganda instrument what free press are we talking about can can global times question uh, xi jinping if it wants to attack bhutan a peace loving country bhutan set up villages out there build um, uh, islands in the middle of the sea um, attack the the, the uh, south china sea countries in fact Uh, uh, a filipino the philippine the filipino uh, foreign minister was forced to abuse china he used a four letter word uh, of course your 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 uh, your 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 podcast uh, is also heard by uh, gentler people so i won't i will refrain from using oh. it <laughs> but uh, oh, podcasts are allowed to swear <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is what china is uh, bringing out so it's at war with itself it wants to show that i've got muscle and therefore it's fighting with everybody else outside and it has no checks and balances from within with countries like india anything you do first you have to fight the opposition the media your own party differences you have to come to a con uh, consensus and then move on except in national security issues 
So that's where perhaps government has a little more leeway uh, in, in doing what it does. But even then, it, it has to report to the Parliamentary Standing Committee. But the, the checks are slightly less, and that's the only place perhaps where we, China can be checked. And, yeah, and uh, so, you know, just to add to your capitalism example, another great example of that is the National Basketball Association. Uh, any sports-loving fan would know that the NBA can do leaning things for Black Lives Matter and all the things that are happening inside America. But their biggest star, LeBron James, I mean, the biggest star in the history of basketball after Mike, you know, Jordan was asked about China and Uyghur Muslim and concentration camps in China. And he was like, wait, what? And the owner of Houston Rockets did something and China overnight removed all Houston Rocket merchandise from all stores in China because you know what? The biggest market for NBA outside America is China and NBA shut up. That's right. In fact, the biggest risk today, even in corporate boardrooms, is China. So let's imagine that one of our telecom companies was negotiating or had negotiated with Huawei and started their equipment, and then Galwan happened halfway. That's a terrible what situation. What is the risk out there? Government of India says no Huawei. It's dangerous. But what happens to that investment? More than the investment, what happens to the bonus of the CEO? <laughs> what happens to the share price? What happens to the market capitalization? What happens to the millions of investors? Wealth. So China is now a risk in the boardrooms, in corporate boardrooms. Germany and American boardrooms seem to be at the moment more powerful. But at some point, and we all know this, and that's the beauty of democracy, they will be voted out. People will vote for security of data, for safety of their information. Uh, they will not want to engage with the rogue nation. Yeah, I, I think that's beautifully put, Gautam. So, Gautam, before we wrap up today's discussion, I just uh, I have to ask you this question. So, what are the next projects lined up? So, any books down the line or any new papers that you're working on? Yeah, there are a couple of papers, and my I'm already working on two books. Uh, this COVID thing has sort of uh, slowed me down a bit. Uh, one book is on economic reforms, and the other is on uh, Sri Aurobindo. So one book is already out, India 2030. I don't know if you've read that book. Uh, it I tells you what, what the next 10 years look like across. It's an edited book with different people. This economic reforms is, uh, it will celebrate the 30 years of India's economic reforms, uh, which happened on 24th uh, July. And uh, the Sri Aurobindo book is a, a book uh, uh, in the run-up to the 150th birth anniversary of somebody who I think is 20th century's greatest thinker. So awesome. So, so Gautam, I look forward to reading your book on Sri Aurobindo. By the way, for folks, if you do not know, Gautam is also a huge uh, admirer of the Mahabharata. So if you, uh, I've watched a few videos of Gautam discussing the Mahabharata too. So Gautam has two sides. He has the spiritual side and he has the economist side. So, so both sides are equally interesting. So in case if you have not checked them out, just for your information, in the description of the podcast, I'm going to leave the links to uh, Gautam's writings, Gautam's books. So I insist all of you, please go and buy his books and read all his uh, papers. So once again, Gautam, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Namaste.
All right, guys, time to wrap today's discussion up. If you like what we uh, do over here at the Charvak Podcast, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, share the share the video with multiple people. Also, leave a comment down there. Uh, the audio version of the podcast will be out too. So, if you're listening to the audio version, please check out all, all the details of Gautam's books and articles in the description there too. I try my best to bring as many interesting discussions uh, as I can uh, to all of you. So, please support the podcast. You can support the podcast in multiple ways. You can go on Patreon or you can go and subscribe uh, on the YouTube channel itself. You can send direct donations via UPI or you can buy the uh, Charvak podcast merch. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, namaste, take care, goodbye.